0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
2: This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And
1: this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, uh, we were joined by Nigel Adley, one of our yeah. fine commentators, does a lot of big games for us. Tonight, though, he has the delights of Sam Marino versus the Seychelles. And he took us inside the mind of the jobbing commentator who can turn his hand to any match. Um, we also uh, chatted to Andrew Lancel, the actor. Um, you'll remember him from The Bill. The Alan Shearer lookalike. we'll yeah. touch on that. Um, he's in a new play called Stumped, cricket-themed. He was on Good Form. Yeah. And we also liked our chat with Mohammed uh, Itameen, who is the uh, man who organised a jiu-jitsu tournament in Milton Keynes and had a Hollywood star rock up and win. Plus, I think we should throw in Dougie Beerton. We looked at some of the shirts.
2: Yeah, that's from uh, the forthcoming World can, Cup. So it's I just a packed say, one. Yeah, some of the best bits don't include my my intro. I think so should <laughs> we leave that in? <laughs> Andy so had a, let's
1: just say, as you're just about to discover, Andy had quite a tough start to the show. I know what happened? Tearing all is. <laughs> This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs with you for until four here on TalkSport Weather this afternoon. Andy,
2: tell us what's coming up. Coming up over the next three hours, we'll look at the latest shocking revolutions. Revolutions. Revelations. Yeah, there's a big difference it's between ridiculous. a revolution and a revelation. From the handling of, and I read it beforehand, from the handling of the Champions League final in Paris, we'll discover how Tuchel's ability is making... Availability. A... Oh, You're yeah. struggling today, aren't you? With the words, they're not oh, coming no, don't out. Don't worry about it. It's making up... All I'll be all right by 4 o'clock. Yeah. He's making the managerial big dogs nervous and will speak to the organisation... What is wrong with me? Organiser <laughs> of a jiu-jitsu tournament in Milton Keynes that has an unexpected Hollywood winner... Got uh, there. We're also interested in your tales of unexpected
1: showbiz appearances and our own Nigel Adderley explains how he's preparing for tonight's historic meeting
2: between Sam Reno and the Seychelles. I can't wait. There's all this plus we'll cast an eye over the World Cup kits and the Bill actor and Evertonian Andrew Lancel tells us about his new cricket-themed play.
1: Yeah, be all right by four o'clock, No worries. were It'll be word perfect just as he gets off air. <laughs> Uh, it is. Uh, nine minutes past one, good afternoon, everyone, good <laughs> afternoon. you just seen the words differently, weren't you? You were just completely seeing no. them completely differently. Okay. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. It's not quite <laughs> worrying, really. It wasn't, you know, especially if some words could come out completely wrong.
2: Anyway, great news for fans going to the World Cup. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, the only beer available at half-time will be non-alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And when you can buy a beer, it's going to be £13 a pint. Ah. What a great place for a World Cup. Well done, everybody. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you, Ange, to be led by the price of a pint. Um, no, but, you know, I'm not typical, and I know that people do enjoy a pint at football, and, yeah. and not just the English and Welsh fans, all the German fans, the European fans. It's, it honestly should never... Ever, ever have been there, and it's just it's wrecked the season. It'll, the football will be all right, but it won't be a it won't be a World Cup for fans. It just won't be, you know. Uh, some worrying uh, things
1: still. Uh, I mean, I did a piece in the mail yesterday. You know, but wrote mm-hmm. peace. and the guys on Breakfast were chatting about it. Yeah, still a still a bit to be done, I think. Still a bit of organisational stuff to be sorted out, despite what we've heard. Certainly around uh, fans' accommodation. Talking of that, Andy, um, mm. I, I saw a list the other day of what the uh, American football teams charge for for drinks at their oh, stadiums. Yeah,
2: American prices are, yeah. are mad though, all over America for everything.
1: The most expensive beer any uh, is it Philadelphia. Philadelphia Eagles, fourteen dollars sixty seven, which roughly roughly works out to fourteen pounds sixty seven.
3: <laughs> yeah, 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 not exactly. far
1: off. About fourteen pounds sixty five after the news <laughs> on the pound today. Oh, great. The cheapest one you can find is in Atlanta. If you oh, want a beer at the Falcons game, $6.25. So yeah. I won't give you the whole list. I
2: about you that. It's funny mm. that you should mention mm. the dollar because I was reading this little starburst in the uh, Daily Star, Funny yeah. enough. A woman was shocked to find £475... Brackets $543 hmm. cash. Surely it was, uh, it doesn't make sense. In a KFC takeaway bag when ordering a chicken sandwich at a drive through in Georgia in the US. So she ordered a chicken sandwich, yeah. opened up, and there was $543 in this Surely what was a very odd amount. Yeah, it's, well, I don't know. Who's going to equate to 475 yeah. a much neater amount?
1: Maybe it did. She didn't go up and say, I'll, um, I'll have a family bucket and $543, did she? I mean,
2: they only just did what she told her to do. Children as young as six, we found out on the weekend, mm. will be sent off if they deliberately head the ball to prevent a goal. This is a part of a new pilot scheme to prevent <laughs> the under-12s heading the ball, which I suppose, I can see the purpose of it, but it does seem a bit draconian and try and explain to a little six-year-old why he's been sent off. <laughs> um, Richard has um, said, I hope the Chelsea squad come
1: in and give Andy a good going over after that introduction, because obviously whenever a Chelsea player makes a mistake,
2: he wants to, That's a very wants good to point, chin him it? as they go back into the dressing room. But apparently <laughs>
1: Andy can mess that up, Richard. Yeah. You know, you're absolutely right. Um, yes. But he's, he's, he's word perfect now. it would be absolutely fine. He's Talking just, it's just reading out loud he struggles. With. Apparently That's why he doesn't do the news. That's One right, day we're going to have to true. let you do the news.
2: Well, well I, certainly the sport. I can read out loud. It's, it's mm. just, I just don't know what happened there. Yeah. You normally I'm okay. reasonable. you know, not yeah. as bad well, you're as not, that. Well, you know, you're always a solid four out
1: of ten. <laughs> but you even dip below <laughs> that today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does take some doing. <laughs> now, um, yes. we are going to talk later on to the organiser of a jujitsu competition in milton kings mm. where tom hardy the actor of venom and mm. other fine work yeah. turned up and quite uh, a
2: serious player i remember we interviewed him
1: pretty, i thought we caught him serious. on a bad
2: day you know Did every
1: t- yeah th- why he just he, he just played um he just played that charles bronson part and i think he was still in him i think playing <laughs> the part was and he was promoting another film and he came and he was really intense on and off air. Yeah, he was And it bit. was really hard work, wasn't it? But mm. I've, I've read stuff since, and I reckon he's a solid guy and easy to interview. Maybe it was us being useless. <laughs> yes, yeah. But, well, you know, we did our best, but man, it was hard work. <laughs> anyway, he's good at jiu-jitsu, so I'm not bad-mouthing him. And uh, he won a tournament in Milton Keynes. Yeah. We'll chat to the organisers. We just wondered if you've got Tales of the Stars unexpectedly turning up, whether it's in... Uh, martial arts or elsewhere. But the, the last person you expect to be rocking up at this particular event was X, much as um I'm sure everybody was surprised to see Tom Hardy and Milton Keynes doing a bit of jiu-jitsu. So um it's like school hall or something. So do let us know. Talksport.com forward slash H and J. Text to eight ten eighty nine or tweet to T S H and J.
2: That's T S H A N D J uh, this Brian Linford from Pontefract. Oh, wrote, yeah. wrote to the Star <clears throat> with a very strange use of you know when you write down capitals it's shouting. Yes, so he's written he's written this text, but it's got lo- it's about football, but it's about loads of shouting. Time and time again, you see, prem managers facing relegation receive massive. Sit on the bench. Payouts not linked to avoiding relegation. Bumper amounts guaranteed. Some making a career out of it. That's not Brendan mean, <laughs> This is where it's written. Yeah. Hope he pulls Lester around. If not, I wish him every payout penny, because along with Jamie Vardy yeah. <laughs> and the other professionals. At the Maybe club. he's a town crier.
1: <clears throat> Part, he's a part-time, part-time town crier. He, do, he, he only really. shouts now and again.
2: Well, I'm only part-time, yeah. Anyway, he's, uh, he's, he doesn't want Brendan to lose his job. Okay, well, Fair see enough. what happens. We've not, we know, I think
1: quite a lot of people may have expected that to happen already. It them a big two weeks to find hmm. somebody else, but maybe they're keeping the faith or they don't want to pay 10 million quid in compensation. You decide. So, um, coming up in the first hour of the show, uh, as we said, some more shocking revelations, incredibly shocking one, which we'll bring you very shortly. David Conn and the team on The Guardian. And we do, we would normally do this, but The, the Guardian have put together this interactive timeline. Of what went on um, that evening mm. in, in Paris at the Champions League final, and it is appalling, really. And the the fact that the revelation we'll be bringing you, and the Guardian brought you earlier on, um, is equally as shocking. It's possibly one of the worst things we've seen. So we'll chat to Tony Evans. Liverpool fan journalist and author about that shortly. As we said, we'll be off to Milton Keynes for that jiu-jitsu chat. And Nigel Adley tells us how he's preparing for San Marino versus Seychelles. So I when mean, you are a kind of working commentator mm. like Nigel. You'll get uh, the good stuff. Is, I mean, I'm not saying that's not the good stuff, but now and again, I mean, I'm sure he's looking forward to Very different no, commentary. I've
2: got no heart. I was telling you before the show, I've got no interest in these games at all. Okay. You know, even last week when there was no Premier League, I just couldn't Watching, I don't know. I really admire our European experts because I couldn't watch. I was thinking Freib- it was Freiburg versus Munchen Gladbach. I was thinking, I don't care who wins this game whatsoever, <laughs> so I'm not watching it. Okay. Just me, I suppose. What a
1: kick. The Brian Glanville of Talksport, Andy
2: Jacobs. <laughs> yeah, the uh, football. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
1: We'll be chatting to the organiser of the jiu-jitsu tournament uh, that had uh, Tom Hardy amongst the entrants and indeed winners. Um, and that's led us into some of the surprise... Uh, appearances of the stars from your point of view you've been telling us your stories i was a 16 year old cyclist riding a small local 10 mile trial bradley wiggins turned up only two weeks before he won the tour de france he set off a minute before me and went whizzing past me after five minutes
2: meaning he took a minute off my time that quickly says uh, grego but look you are still raced hey, he must have started after him how could he start a minute before him and then pass him Oh, maybe he's got that wrong. Okay, <laughs> you're, you're on it.
1: You can't read out loud, Andy, but nothing slipping make, past you it today. Make sense, does it? Um, so, one other ones that we had, not really a surprise, but well, what's the point then? But I'll read it anyway, Connor. Uh, still strange to go to a charity match with Fisher Athletic and the cast of East Enders uh, coming on to play as the other team. My dad still says that he nearly ran over Dean Gaffney in the car park. Unless okay. you claim to fame, yeah, claim you can always go. I mean, you could say you raced Bradley Wiggins. I've raced on a number of occasions. Most Farah in the in the <laughs> what used the in a 10k race through London that takes place Did in the main ahead run. of
2: him and then he went past you, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Way
1: Just as I was starting, he was finishing, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he was doing it in 25 minutes. I was taking consider, but you've raced these people, Andy. You can look yeah. back and say, Oh, well, like, yeah, you know, the same. I didn't get anywhere now. near him, but we were nominally in the same race. So, yes, let's find out more about this event in uh, in Milton Keynes and in which Tom Hardy, Hollywood star. Uh, appeared. Mohamed itmain joins us now. He's the organiser of the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Open Championship. Good afternoon, Mohamed.
4: Good afternoon to you guys.
1: Yeah, yes, so good. well, look, I mean, here we are. Your event, which probably, let's be honest, wouldn't have got the column inches it has in today's newspapers. But uh, thanks to Tom Hardy, it did. When did you realise it was him coming? Because he, he entered under his name, his real name, Edward, didn't he?
4: Yeah, he did. Um, and um, no, I, I knew from the beginning because... Um, uh, as maybe uh, uh, as my, you know, I'm uh, an uh, international referee, and um, I left him about two months ago in um, an event called Reorg, is uh, a charity working with people suffering uh, PTSD and depression. And um, he came along, and uh, he was on my mat. Uh He had his match, and uh, we had a little uh, chat, uh, you know, chit chat with him. Hmm. And uh, he said, um, "Definitely come to your company. Then, oh. yeah, it was a surprise, really. But, well,
2: fantastic. Uh, Did you so, expect him to win, though?
4: The, yeah, um, because I've been doing this job for quite a long time and I've been training I'm, uh, for like a black belt second degree, uh, we know about fighters. And uh, to reach a blue belt uh, in our level, it takes you about two years. Uh, and you have to have the solid skills to fight in the blue belt as well. Then, uh, when I saw him fighting and I saw how he fights, He's a legitimate that, and I knew he was going to win. Yeah. I mean,
1: what's his, what's his background in the sport? Is it something that's come through sort of um, the sort of roles he takes in films, and he's trained it, or was he into the sport before he ever became an actor?
4: Well, personally, I don't know about... I know he loves his sport. I know he's committed to whatever he does. Mm. And uh, from what I heard, he's very committed to his training, and he's very humble because really he's not a lot of people can do that. And seriously, to go to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you need to have a heart of a lion, because it is a lot of training, at least minimum three times a week. And people try to, uh, to squeeze you to, you know, <laughs> to uh, really uh, make you suffer. Really, and going through that all that training um, is amazing, really. Yeah.
2: Um, what, yeah. what does he have to do to go from a blue belt to a black belt? Is it another
4: two years? How long would it take? No, no, no. no. It takes more than that. Really. It, 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 Ten years. It took me ten years to get black belt. Wow. Uh, I tell you the level of commitment uh, you have to have uh, to get a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, and the, and the reason is there is so many aspects of the sport you need to learn.
3: Uh, is
4: really you are fighting yourself in the end of it because it it get you to that uh, feeling of um, of uh, really um, going over that limit. Usually people are really afraid of uh, fighting people. But in the end of it, you are fighting yourself. But when it comes to skills, it takes a lot to learn and it takes years to to really learn it.
1: The the uh, the guy he beat, has been quoted in the press today, Andy Leatherland, who said that um he was he said afterwards somebody how nervous he'd been. He found it really <laughs> nerve wracking.
4: Yeah, he is, he is. Whoever is gonna step on that mat is gonna forget his famous. Whoever is gonna step on that mat is gonna forget uh, he's going to be watched because in Dango, you're going to fight someone who's going to try to, you know, to submit you. <laughs> yeah. You better concentrate, you better be there. You see, then, yeah, and so, you know, nervousity is normal, it's, it's part of the game. You just have to handle it.
2: He, uh, Andy said that he had the same, Tom had the same intensity as his films, and he is quite an intense actor, as we know. So uh, that's probably pretty intense. Um, yeah. So what did he get as a prize?
4: Well, he got uh, a gold medal uh, on his, um, on his uh, category, which is a blue belt a Master 3. And, um, of course, he'd been offered some uh, 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 t shirt and stuff, you know, as um, a recognition of him uh, coming as. Uh, but we, we really treated him as a, a normal competitor. You see, he didn't even ask. He didn't even ask his team. I texted his team as well, because they never really put any pressure on us, saying we want this, we want that. He's, he's been acting as normal and, uh, you know, as another competitor, really. And he, what, what I was really astonished about him is he could split, um, uh, basically, uh, that stress between competing and people trying to take pictures with him, you know. then was, he was really professional in both sides. When it comes to fighting, amazing. Okay. When it comes to, you know, dealing with the, the people and the pictures and this, he was great. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. One of it's all
1: part of the James Bond training, I mean. One yeah, if it's, it could be. It's yes. could be part of the old 007 good, good training. Point. You need a bit of jiu-jitsu for that, I would think.
4: In fact, I can put something on the top of that. Uh, is really, he done us a big favor because I've been trying, I, I dreamt of this competition for so long to put Milton Keynes in the middle, you know, to people know about Milton Keynes Plus all these kids around, you know, and trying to get the kids to do jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Off the street. We are helping charities in Muslim Kings and we try to do it. And him coming down and do this competition for us, he done us a big favour and he's going to make, you know, basically he's going to shout the word jiu-jitsu can help, you know and yeah. take the treat off the streets, you know, kids off the street.
1: Sure, I mean, I think, yeah, you're bound to, eh? any oh, sort yeah, of celebrity definitely. endorsement like this, you know, people will be reading this today or listening today and thinking, you know, it's a sport I want to find out a bit more about and if and if only a small percentage of those people uh, want to take the sport
4: up, it's good for the sport, isn't it? Oh, amazing, seriously, is amazing for, for people who are just uh, doubting themselves because our sport really get you to to really understand who you are truly and what you can achieve by doing it. And we are starting from the age of five. To, we got people at the age of 75 still doing it on the starter. Yeah. It's amazing. There's not many sports can do that, you see. Like uh, in maybe giving an example to football, here. Yeah? With football, maybe your time and age will be, say, 35. With us, you may start your career at 35. Make a big difference, you know.
1: I'm not sure I think you'll I'll get. Take it up. Well, I'm, I'm not sure you'll get Andy out of retirement, <laughs> Mummy. He did. He was involved in a minor. Tell, tell Mumid what happened when you tried your hand at. Uh, didn't didn't your trousers fall down because you did not your belt <laughs> that up? That was judo. That was judo. It was still a martial I was only art.
2: About ten. Okay, what happened, Andy? Still traumatized. Uh, yeah, my trousers fell down. So I didn't do my belt up properly. I was, I was only a yellow belt at the time. It was very really most unfortunate. Scarred imagine, me, scarred me for life. Imagine but it's plan, all right. And,
1: imagine you took on Tom, Tom Hardy and Andy, and then you're standing, you're ready to go. Go viral, I'll and, be and, quite and your happy. blue belt loosens and your kecks fall down like <laughs> sort of jiu-jitsu <laughs> Brian Ricks, you never live it down. He just push you over and you fall Jiu-Jitsu over your own feet. <laughs> That's thought. the title of the podcast today. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Marmad, it's great and um, good to talk to you. I'm, I'm glad it was. It puts the sport Thank and, and the event you. on the
4: map. Thank you, thank you. Just to tell last word, thanks to Tom Hardy for turning up. Thank you very much. Cool, excellent, thank yeah. For, and uh, he put you, Mark, and uh, Mr. King in uh, in the, you know, in the middle of the country. Everybody knows about it now. Thank you, thank
1: you. Good stuff. You know, thanks. thanks, thanks, Mohammed. Mohammed uh, Itoine, there, the organizer of the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Open Championship, yeah. and of course mm. we call him Tom Hardy, and mm. that's how we know him. But he's Edward Hardy. Edward. So, is Ted Hardy. I mean, would he have been as... I mean, it's a good night. No, I think Ted Hardy's good. But he does sound like the, the long serving manager of a non-league side. He does. And then, of course, there were the Ted Hardy years. 1957 <laughs> to 1978 when Ted stepped down and became the life president and still does the odd shift behind the bar. Good old Ted Hardy. And Without Ted Hardy's in the world of football. Oh, by happen? the way, um, oh, yeah. welcome to Wrexham. I, I, I called up I, I as I was away last week. I didn't see the shows until 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 yesterday evening Mm. And uh, a a slight jumping of the shark It'll be interesting to see what Martin Kellner makes of it I've been really enjoying it Um, Mm. But they decided that show seven, I think, I believe there's 16, I'd be interested mm. to know what the Wrexham fans made of it because the kind of documentary aspect has been more than enough for me. And I've not found myself thinking I could really do with a jokey half hour about the history of Wales featuring Charlotte Church. Oh dear. Uh, and that's what they gave us. Really? I mean, look, it wasn't unentertaining. Mm. It just felt a she bit... A
2: Wrexham fan, Charlotte?
1: Which, no, I, I don't think so. But I think she's, uh, mm. she, I mean, she's obviously Welsh and uh, she sang at the end of it. But, I mean, they did... A kind of half hour, kind of quite quirky show. We we're both performing and it was like a history of Wales. And I don't know. I, 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 you know, as I said, I watched it, but I don't know what the Wrexham fans made of it. We've probably been enjoying the documentary aspect of the series. Let us know this afternoon. They're going to charge you to go to Wales. Tourist tax. Did you read that in the paper? Don't they that's already don't you, pay, you don't pay across the bridge at the moment. No tourist
2: tax, basically. Okay. Well, a lot of countries do that. That should kill the tourist industry. I'll go somewhere <laughs> else. I'm not paying just to go there. Well, a lot of countries do that. No, Some of them charge much. you as you leave not, the country. Not in this
1: country. That's ridiculous. Oh, okay. So, well, Blimey. Well, I, yeah. going to ch- I don't think they're going to charge about three grand, Andy. It won't know. be very much money. I don't know. This is, um, well, anyway, I'm not paying
3: it.
2: Sounds Can like I a just say story. that uh, Andy, <laughs> I know the, blo- the bloke <laughs> who great, lost. I was trying to get this in. The bloke who lost Andy to Leatherland, Hunt. yeah. I bought a sofa from him. Once. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> Thank it's you.
1: great. <laughs> I bought it two years ago. I haven't paid a penny yet.
2: <laughs> I haven't paid a penny for it. <laughs>
1: So there we are, Wales. What a great disappointment to you that Andy
2: Jacobs is not going to visit. Well, I, I very much enjoyed my trip to uh, St. David's. I loved it, but I, 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 I wouldn't want to pay on, extra. On, what if it was like two quid? <laughs> Would you spend
1: two quid to it's go to a beautiful principle. part of the
2: world? <laughs> all right, I'll spend two quid to go to Wales. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Well, that's very good of you. Sure, Wales is delighted to know sure you're back are. on the map.
1: Anyway, Thrill. let us know what you made of that slightly <laughs> out-of-whack episode of um, Welcome to Wrexham. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, amongst all the Premier League games uh, and big starry fixtures, now and again the jobbing commentator has to turn mm. their hand to an unlikely match, and that is where our old friend Nigel Adley, talk sport commentator, finds himself this evening um, as he commentates on Sam Marino versus the Seychelles. Good afternoon, Nigel.
5: Afternoon, guys.
1: So, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you do your research in the way you always do your research, but I mean, there's probably, if you're doing a Premier League match, you know a fair bit about the players already, but uh, you're starting from scratch with these two, I guess.
5: Yeah, obviously we have the surface knowledge whether we're covering uh, the Premier League, the EFL or or Wales, uh, as I am for talk sport tomorrow night. But uh, when I was offered this, I thought it would be a bit of a challenge, but it's one to enjoy. And and, and San Marino, of course, are are slightly easier to prepare for because they've been around the Nations League and the World Cup qualifiers. Of course, lost 10-0 to England uh, last season. But the Seychelles, all of their players are amateur. They all play... um, home-based, and they picked a purely home-based squad for this game. So so trying to read up on, on the number of players who have who are basically done little in their careers outside of the Seychelles is a challenge, but it's one you embrace.
2: Yeah, long way to go for the away fans. Yeah. <laughs> is
1: cool. that yeah, I, 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 If the San Marino fans <laughs> sing, is that all you bring away? <laughs> that, to have a word
5: night nice, on the bad, commentary. <laughs> <laughs> well... It, it's remarkable that they're, they're here, uh, the, the Seychelles players. It's a 7,000-mile trip from the Seychelles to San Marino. They only touched down in Rome late last night, less than 24 hours before the game. Even then, they had to make a journey of probably around 250 miles to get from Rome up to the northeast and San Marino. So it, it's remarkable that they are here. And you put that into context, they've travelled 7,000 miles I thought we were going a long way to cover Wales in Baku during the Euros and that was 4,000 miles and that seemed to take an age to get to. So it's you know a fantastic effort from them to make this trip. Originally, the game was called off, then it was put back on at very short notice and for these players, it is an opportunity to put themselves on the footballing map in Europe. They've never played a European team before. They are one of the lowest ranked sides in Africa, but people are talking about an opportunity for San Marino to end their 18-year wait for a victory. But it's a big night for the Seychelles as well.
2: It, it does it, say cancelled night. <laughs> no, it it's definitely on, isn't it? That no, was cancelled last week, wasn't it? They
1: had, <laughs> uh, due, due to unforeseen yeah. circumstances. Do you ever find out w- what they were, Nigel? Well,
5: I think it's basically the Seychelles couldn't afford to travel. No. And, and the game was called off. And looking at the, the Seychelles FA Instagram page, I, I think FIFA have basically come up with the cash because... They always want to get the you know, the the developing footballing nations to play games. It doesn't look good if games are cancelled. So I think that they, they've been bankrolled to play here, and also for the players to get time off as well. They're all amateur. They all have other jobs. Uh, Dave Moussard, the goalkeeper, he's a hotel pastry chef by day, and of course that they're having to take off, you know, four or five days from work um, to, to to play this game. Wow. So it, it's a big ask.
1: What are who's the going other to make the
2: eclairs? One, who's g- yeah. Who's going to make the eclairs? That's that's a question <laughs> well, you can ask the listeners tonight. There's a serious side to this, though, Nigel. and mm. as much as a lot of people are not happy, well, you know, when teams like San Marino get into the groups with the bigger teams, and it's like ten nil, like you say. Yeah, and this would <clears> be a better thing, wouldn't it, be for, for all these teams to play each other, and then the winner of that, perhaps, you know get into a qualified like a situation kind of, well, I mean yeah, it would be quite difficult
1: for the Seychelles to have to travel to San Marino just for a match though <laughs> wouldn't it I mean you know you'd have to have it regional yeah. well, no it would have be, to be regional not, yeah, obviously can't have, can't I, have I given home. it a lot of
2: thought but <laughs> <You> have, well <laughs> you basically have no you haven't thought, given it any thought it no it's thought. a really poor <laughs> <Yeah>. idea <laughs> no, it's not a poor
1: idea it's a much <laughs> in, better the, idea the core of it the I think Nigel's the kernel of it the idea of this but the idea that the Seychelles should play San Marino in some mad global draw is not on is it (laughs)
5: but but if the uh the fixture is reversed i'm more than happy to go (laughs) there i I, I agree i agree with andy i think pre-qualifying in europe is now long overdue i know Mm. people say oh it's the big nations talking about it but the seychelles play in pre-qualifying in africa yeah they've never got to the to the group stage of a of an african world cup qualifying group because they always lose the playoff in the first round so why shouldn't we have something similar here, maybe the bottom 16 nations in Europe, whoever they are, whether it's San Marino, Andorra or or anybody else, get them to play uh, pre-qualifying. The top four go through into the main qualifying. We would have fewer walkovers, fewer 10 nils. And then those teams get better because they are playing sides of an equivalent nature that they'll maybe express themselves a bit more because they know there's a chance they won't get hammered. There's no doubt the Nations League has done wonders for the lower-ranked teams. Maybe not San Marino, but you look at teams like Gibraltar and Andorra, they've won matches in recent years that they Mm. were never winning before. And as a result, they've improved. And there's a bit more of a feel-good factor about it. And I I think we're getting to the stage now where San Marino, all right, they get the TV money from playing England, but if they're losing 10-0, what what does it actually achieve for anyone? Because no one's going to take it easy on them. Because if you're England, you know if you don't beat them 10-0, the press will be on your back. So it's a no-win situation, literally, for San Marino.
1: That's what you meant to say, Andy, wasn't it? That was well that's exactly, Nigel, that's, that's uh, exactly what he meant. I wrote it? to Nigel before this interview and gave him the, the bullet <laughs> points. I'll read it as a statement on behalf of Andy. One player <laughs> that Nigel has would have known has missed out on commentating on is ex-Chelsea, Andy. You'd never guess in a million years where it is. Currently, I've been at Burton Albion more recently. What, playing for, say, Played Chelsea? For, it was a Chelsea youth. A couple really? of Really? Yeah. Michael Manson. How oh, is he but he's injured night isn't he Wow.
5: yeah and they they've gone through a, a wholly um, home-based squad so all of the players have traveled from the 115 islands um, to, to play so they've all made the trip but Michael Mansion made his debut for Seychelles at the age of 34 in the southern African championships back in July played a couple of times so he's not been included but they do have some some links with English football that they did once win the 2011. Indian Ocean Island Championships. And Kevin Betsy, who's now the manager of Crawley, he scored for them in the final against the Maldives. So there's, there's the odd Seychelles International, if you, if, you, if you peek into the records who, who, who played in Europe. But it's very, very rare that the bulk of these players all play um, at home and they're all amateur. So it's, you know, every game is a massive challenge. And considering they arrived in, in Italy less than an, um, a day before the game yesterday, If they come out and perform, it it will be notable for them. But they they should win, really. That they're above San Marino in the rankings. They've they've won games more recently. They beat Sri Lanka in a tournament last year. So. Yeah, they've at least got the memory of winning, but you've got to be very old to be a San Marino player and remember that. Yeah.
1: And they're, yeah, so they're coming off the back of two defeats to uh, Madagascar. But that's understandable because the way Madagascar pass the ball, they like to move it, move it.
2: <laughs> oh, very good.
1: It's <laughs> one for the kids. Uh, Nigel, enjoy the game. Um, good to talk to you. Thanks very much. Cheers, guys. There we are. this yes. uh, Nigel. Uh, Nigel Adley, your Impressive. commentator tonight for San Marino versus Seychelles. Not on TalkSport9. I think Nigel's doing the world feed. Um,
2: we've got uh, live football for you tomorrow night. I've, I could see Nigel popping up as a pundit on Seychelles' match of the day. It'd be great, be, wouldn't horrendous.
1: it? If he was the kind of Gary Lineker of <laughs> Seychelles' match of the day, sitting there in an Hawaiian shirt. Although well, he's not in Hawaii- <laughs> he's not a Seychellian shirt. I know what you mean. Yes. If, it, wear. There is, if there is a pair of flip-flops, sitting there in his flip-flops. They're getting much more relaxed on match of the day, aren't they, so oh, yeah. in the end, knights could sit in a pair of shorts, <laughs> yes. fantastic Marthus. sunglasses on. Mm-hmm. Seychelles match of the day. I see that. We saw a Romania match of the day once, didn't we? Yeah. That remember years and years Three ago. Then and then the light. <clears> throat> 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 that was it. The late nineties Romanian match of the day looked like a, a very sombre chess match. <laughs> there really? was no lightness. There wasn't a lot of Michael <laughs> Richards style <laughs> laughing in that. Not a lot. They of took banks. it took it incredibly seriously. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we move on. It's uh, Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sports. Um, and actor Andrew Lancell. you'll probably remember him from the bill for many years, a huge Evertonian. And he's in a new cricket themed play with Stephen Tompkinson. He'll be telling us more about that. The Hawksby and
6: Jacobs Daily Podcast.
0: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.
1: The
6: Hogsby and Jacobs Daily
1: Podcast. We're going to talk uh, cricket now, kind of, because there is a, a new play, an interesting new play, uh, which is available on demand. Um, it stars uh, Stephen Tompkinson, Samuel Beckett, and Andrew Lancer as Harold Pinter both big cricket fans, mm. and well, we'll find out more in the case of Beckett, more than just a fan, because um, Andrew Lancelot joins us now. Good afternoon, Andrew.
6: Good afternoon, guys. How are you?
1: Yeah, good we're good, things. thank yeah. you. Yeah, not realise until reading a bit more about the play that um, that Samuel Beckett was is in Wisden, played some first-class games.
6: The only Nobel Prize winner to be in Wisden. Wow. Uh, they were both big cricket fans, and this play sort of imagined them uh, watching uh, a game of cricket and uh the kind of um world that they create on in their plays um has been created in this play and so um there's a sort of waiting for God feel, waiting to play waiting to bat mm-hmm. uh but also on top of this we happen to film at a little place called Lords oh. which sort of uh which sort of added to it
2: somewhat yeah yeah and it's available online isn't it this yeah, from
6: next week. I mean, it's mad, isn't it? In the old days, you did a play and that was on the theatre, and you did a film and that would be at the cinema. But now there's this fantastic bridge, t- which really came, I-, I think, a lot out of lockdown and 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 the pandemic. And the original theatre really were champions of it. And now there is this kind of very nice and successful middle ground where you can watch a play at home uh, or anywhere you want. So, it... and the reactions to this so far have been have been great. It's a, it's a real meeting of cricket and and drama. It's great.
1: Is it sort of shot as a play, Andrew? How does it how does it look, or is it or is it sort of multi camera thing? Is it almost like a yeah, sort of TV a production? Cameras.
6: It's it was filmed it was filmed live at Lords, and so you know obviously there's a certain limitation of what you can do shot wise. Mm. But it was filmed with uh, three cameras as a play i mean you tell an actor there's going to be an audience even if there's two people there it's a play you know however you however you call it and but then it's it's very visual it's very um cerebral it's very funny it's quite dark it's quite moving at times as well and it's one of those, you know, I'd have to, I have to say this, of course, I mean, we're on talk sport. It doesn't get posher than this for me, but, <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 it's a, it is a play about cricket. But if you don't like cricket, of course, it's a great play about these, these two titans of literature.
1: Yeah. And two, with, as you said, we're two very distinct styles of mm. writing. So and, and I imagine it will be this sort of clash between sort of Pinter's style and and Beckett style. I imagine it is quite heavy on pauses at He'd times. He'd have been a terrible
2: umpire, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would have been. A, would have been a te- that's right. A very slow, uh, slow hand. <laughs> very slow finger. No, I tell up.
6: you, it's funny. It, you think that you guys have seen it because there's not a lot of pausing. It. It, it it does get on with it. It's oh. very funny, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it is like a mixture of the worlds because Stephen and I are, are playing these these figures, these legends, these gods of of drama. Um, but we're also sort of playing them in a situation that could easily be their own plays. But take that away, the two guys watching a game of cricket and playing a game of cricket with very funny consequences.
2: Yeah. I think this is a compliment to you, but it says Andrew Lancel's Pinter voices dark and deep as the frames of his signature spectacles. Seems more body-snatching than acting, so yeah. you know, it presumably means that you really inhabited a, the that's character. That's a nice review. Where did that come from?
6: Well, it, it took me a while to figure it was nice, uh, but it's Mark Lawson. Yeah. It is nice. When when you, at first, you think, I'm, is it? But it is. <laughs> yeah, no, we're all talking about that, but it is a very I have to say, we shouldn't really talk about reviews, it's a bit actory, isn't it? But I read that one and he totally gets it, but then it, it, it's you kind of go, well, Everyone should make their own mind up, shouldn't they? Really, but he's always been very nice uh, about my work, and so um, it, it was. It was nice to be featured in the Posh Guardian, and there's, there have been some great reactions about the play, and uh, there's quite a, quite a nice vibe about it. So where a little bit he says at 50 hmm.
2: minutes stumped his more limited overs than the full five day test. I thought that was pretty good as well. <laughs> yeah,
6: yeah, no, I think it also says it's pitch perfect, so we'll have that. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah,
1: that's on the poster. So where <laughs> the, where do we? How can we download it from next week?
6: yeah we'll go on the original theater Online's uh, website mm. or look at look at look at them on social medias it's all there. you literally press a button and that's it
1: excellent' that well, right. we'll, we'll put a little link out on on our twitter feed to uh, original theater online and people can uh, go and check it out now I think yeah. uh, maybe the last time we spoke to you is when you were gonna play Cluffy in the damn united you have a bit of a, uh, a a bit of previous for sporting plays don't you
6: yeah we were talking about that quite a lot during rehearsals because when when uh, I did that part um um, I couldn't quite find out where it, I mean, it, I think personally uh, Dam United is the best sports novel ever written mm. I, th- I really think it is and of course people have seen the brilliant film and the play was very different to the film it was about the book mm. and once once I couldn't quite place where I, I was with, 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 with Brian Clough and once I've kind of realised he was in this sort of purgatory this kind of no man's land and purgatory is a funny word these days because you know it's always negative, isn't it? But actually, purgatory is just this kind of place between here and heaven, and so it's a place where people can contemplate and think. And that's kind of once once I realised he was there. But interestingly, that word came back a bit with this play, this um, with Stumped, that these two guys who aren't alive now in real life, but they're there watching a game of cricket. So there were some nice links, and also. Nice reviews from Mark Lawson as well, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so that was that was. Um, I don't think uh, I, you know, I don't think it's a secret. Me playing that part uh, might have had some reason why I ended up playing yeah. this part, but um, yeah, it was that was nice hard work, and so was this one, and it should be hard. You should flex your muscles. When people are paying or coming to see you. You know, it should be something that you give your your all to.
1: You are waiting for someone to write the Alan Shearer story, of course, uh, because you you would just step straight into that. They won't even have to have a casting. <laughs>
6: yeah, there was there was a synopsis. There was there was a, a film, a, a something written, a, a treatment. Is that what they call it? Mm, yes. About someone, an actor who, who couldn't get work because he looked so much like. Uh, it was called Shearer Shearer, right. and uh, uh, and he couldn't get work because of it. So he kidnapped the footballer and took. <laughs> <laughs> and, and took o- and took over his uh, his mantle and went training and scored a fluke goal and it all went it's, it all went I should say yeah. it all went pear shaped yes. after that so, uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. so, so you right. never know I'm game yeah I'm well, game. Well, 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 you good. are
1: finally you're a big Evertonian how are you feeling about life uh, well, better after Sunday I can't I can't imagine. yeah I would I would imagine it's uh, how are you feeling about the job that Frank Lampard's doing
6: I think he's doing a great job well you know it's it's not going to be an overnight thing and uh, you know he's got the, there are always clues, I think, you can see. There are clues, not just on the pitch, but, you know, the vibes in, in, in the ground. I go every week and, um, you know, arriving to the ground is different now. We're playing really well. We've got to score a few more goals. And it's, um, you know, there's, there's, so, the players are tweeting stuff, social media. You, you can see there's, a, there's an atmosphere in the dressing room, which I think was lacking. But you were talking before about algorithms and, and stuff like that. Mm. When, when will the England team be picked? And where I sit, is just behind the dugout. And um, actually, Cole was there when the substitutions were been made with these kind of, you know, you can see them, the DVDs yeah. and, you know, the screenshots and all that stuff with all these kind of lines and, alg- you know, it's like, wow, you can't imagine that even 10, 15
1: years ago. It's all changing. That's right. It's all yeah, data. Well, it's uh, yeah, we're going to talk yeah. about that later. But for now, yeah. Andrew, good to talk to you. We wish you well with a play and thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. Yeah, Andrew Lansell there, and uh, the players we said stumped, and uh, so we'll put out that link. But originaltheatreonline.com has got all the details of how you can watch it, with Borough supporting Stephen Tompkinson, of course, it's alongside cute. him. Yeah.
2: Because there was a very famous uh, South African cricketer... <laughs> Trevor Goddard, you, you surely must feature myself. Waiting, yeah. I mean,
1: waiting for uh, Trevor Goddard. Uh, yeah. How like long it? were you trying to think of a cricketer?
2: <laughs> I knew him straight away. but I just <laughs> wanted to
1: make sure he still that existed. Sounded a bit like Goddard bowling, Goddard, <laughs> as, as Stewie would say. Anyway, Kevin Hatchard joins us shortly. Tuckles on the market. Annie, were you, were you aware of
2: this? Yes.
1: Well, yeah. I'm not surprised. You know, he's and a
2: very, very good manager. You know. Suddenly, yeah. Suddenly, know, the big dogs of, of European management—they're cool. all looking. over over their shoulders Max won the European Championship he's, he's, Champions League rather yeah. he's, he's managed top he's teams he's a top manager Got good enough
1: for you clearly
2: well that's not the case is it it's a case <laughs> I like of you know, you know, I like saying Potch wasn't good enough for you you know these things happen they do these thing, These relationships come to an end they certainly do that's right
1: uh, as, as well inevitably be one day <laughs> if you do any more intros like you did at one o'clock the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast <laughs> Well, England officially launched their uh, World Cup kits uh, today, and uh, your immediate reaction, Andy? I mean, you're not aware of England kits, I would imagine, but...
2: uh, I don't like the England kit at all. You don't like the home shirt? No, Horrendous. Oh, okay, fair enough. Well, it's such a poor design. That isn't, you know, with my menswear eye on, and I had a good eye for that, that is not a commercial design, it isn't. Okay, so you're saying it won't sell? Well, it'll sell for a certain percentage, because it's <laughs> yeah. England, but it won't sell as a leisure shirt. No, I right. don't think it will. OK.
1: What about the away shirt? It's a bit more like the old classic. It's got a proper mm. collar on it. It's like the old, yeah, an like an the nice, old style umbro collar. Yeah, that's a nice enough umbro A lot collar. of
2: people prefer the red England shirt anyway. Yeah, they've gone full red.
1: Anyway, we thought we would uh, use it as a bit of a springboard to look at some of the other kits that have been released and look at any trends in the kits. Someone keeping a close eye on this. is Dougie Bearton from Classic Football Shirts. Hi, Dougie
3: yeah, how's it going?
1: Yeah, good, thank you. Well, let's get your take on those England shirts before anything else. Are you a fan or not of someone who's probably at this moment surrounded by football shirts? <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, no, I'd have to echo those sentiments. I think the home shirt's a bit of a miss. I think the kind of that blue colour. They've tried to kind of evoke the memories of Euro 96, but it gives me more the Euro 2016 vibes. Oh, and uh, that's not good. The shirt, you go out yeah. in the group stage yeah. and I think, <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, big fan of the away. Mm. I think anything with anything with a collar, I've got a lot of time for. And uh, yeah, it gives me those Italian-y feelings. So uh, happy with the away, less so with the home.
1: Yeah, it's a kind mm. of, nice, it's got that sort of umbro look to it, even though it's on a Nike shirt, isn't it really?
3: Yeah, very much that light the the pattern on the collar mm. um, definitely got that same. I don't know if they had a word with Umbra and said, "Do you mind if we uh, use that uh, that that style?" But yeah. it's uh, I'm glad they did. Yeah, it's uh, it's got could be a classic. I think the away mm. but, and, it, uh, and
1: it could sell more. <clears throat> I mean, as you say, look, they bring out two kits, but I mean, you could see. I mean, is it quite can it happen that the away shirt often sells more than the home one?
3: Yeah, I think you have to consider what happens um, at the tournament in those shirts. So, yeah. for example, if, if England beat Germany in the red shirt, then everyone's going to want one. Um, likewise, if for some reason they don't end up wearing it, then maybe it will kind of go under the radar a bit. So, uh, yeah, let's see what actually happens in the shirt as well. It's interesting
2: stylistically. Paul makes a good point. We were talking about the shirts before you came on, and the Brazil shirt. It's a classic color, isn't it? It's a classic thing. Why put that funny little collar with that button? What? Yeah. What's the point of it? It's, it's a, absolutely it's horrible. It's a
1: round collar, as if you know you would think that's all. And you look close, and there's a small single button on it. Now Nike have done it to a number of their kits, but I thought it was a thing that they'd done as a company. But then I see Puma. Have done the same thing, I think, on the Uruguay kit. It's obviously some yeah. stylistic thing at the moment, having a kind of single button just on a round collar.
3: Yeah, I don't know if it's. It's. I think it's to give it a bit of a retro feel. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you have to consider. Obviously, they've got to kind of put a different spin on something every every two years when they bring out the new shirt. So, um, but yeah, I think the Nike have definitely gone a lot more. Um, simple with their designs compared to, to Adidas. Mm. Uh, I think particularly on the away shirts, there's some of the more garish, like, loud designs. If you look at, like, Argentina's away shirt with the, the flames, mm. uh, you've got Mexico's away. I think the pattern is to do with a feathered serpent. Mm. Um, I'm not going to say... Oh, I'm hard. not going to say the name it's of horrible. it. In- <laughs> um, <laughs> Whereas
2: the Argentina home is
3: just a classic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, yeah, you want... No. You can't go wrong, but then you'd say you can't go wrong, but then I mean I've definitely seen people say you can't get a Holland shirt wrong, and then this this one feels like it's not quite orange enough for me, mm. um, and then Denmark Hummel have been a bit controversial with their shirts, and they've kind of they've done like a full they call it red out, um, and the design is a bit uh, taking the pattern from the Euro '92 when they won the when they won the tournament, so. Um, those two you'd say you've possibly got wrong. Portugal is maybe another team you'd think you can't get a Portugal shirt wrong. Well, Nike have done a diagonal half and half shirt that um, I think looks like a, if you cut a watermelon in half. Um, <laughs> I quite like so that, but I know you mean. it's not very it's traditional. It's something a bit different. Yeah. I mean, for me, my favourite is I mean, a bit controversial as an Englishman, but... It's the Germany shirt. Yeah, I they, think I really like.
1: The they've central, gone for a sort of panel down the yeah, the that's, middle, that's which is cool, cool. A departure yeah. for them, isn't
3: it? Something a bit different, but it also kind of feels right. I had to look back through Germany's history to say, to check if they'd actually done it before, because it's kind of got that retro. I can almost see Gerd Mullen wearing a shirt like that, but obviously that he never did. Hmm. And then I think if you if you put gold on black. That looks good as well. So I think the logo has being gold on black really works. So big fan of the Germany shirt. But yeah.
1: Belgium, a Belgium are quite mm. interesting. I saw someone on Twitter describe it as like a darts player's shirt. They've gone for sort of <laughs> flame sleeves of a traditional red panel, but it's kind of odd. It does it has got the look of uh of um I can see, Ke- of...
2: I can see Kevin De Bruyne, Ali Pally, yeah. he puts on a bit of weight. <laughs> it, does,
3: it does look a bit dartsy, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it feels a bit, either darts or, yeah, Hawaiian shirt, hmm. uh, Tony Montana in Scarface, <laughs> that type of thing. The process um, of
2: this, though, Dougie, it's very interesting. Presumably the, the designers come up with a design and then it has to be always approved either at club level by, I don't know who, the commercial manager or somebody, in, or England, the FA. Hmm. Presumably, you yeah, know, yeah. These, these people who are judging this aren't fashion experts, you know, they aren't. So <laughs> you often wonder how these kits get approved.
1: Well, they're thinking, yeah, I are just thinking purely commercially, aren't they thinking, oh, that's one that will sell?
3: Yeah, I think, obviously you've got to think that, but then, I think that the brands are obviously trying to showcase, like, what they can do with fashion and, you know, trying to sell all the stuff off the back of it as well, but, uh, I mean, you have to remember, these kits would have been designed a couple of years ago and and approved then, really, so, but, uh, there is one team I feel sorry for, though, uh, and that, that's Canada Uh, first World Cup since 1986 and no new shirts for them Um, and the shirts that they're wearing are just Nike team wear that uh, you know essentially a pub team could order them so um, (laughs) they won't be there long long. (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) and Um, it it is
1: dominated by obviously as you said Adidas and Nike and there's some Puma in there but a couple of outliers. there's some of course we're going to get some uh, Hummel in there as we always do um and, and with the Danes and also uh, Kappa represents it Tunisia wearing Kappa I yeah think?
3: Tunisia that shirt hasn't come out yet but we're looking forward to see that we're also looking forward to seeing Cameroon made by uh, a brand called One All Sports mm-hmm. I've never heard of before um yeah, that, that shirt's not come out yet. So interesting to keep an eye on that. But but yeah, like you say, twenty-six out of thirty-two teams are wearing Adidas Nike or Puma. Yeah. Um, is the same number as twenty eighteen. Um, but is there's actually less Adidas shirts this time. They what they had there was twelve teams wearing Adidas at eighteen and now there's only seven. So yeah. uh, right. a bit of change, but are you going to the World dance. Cup?
2: Are you doing one of your sort of exhibitions and
3: uh, not got any plans so far um yeah maybe doing it a bit low-key with it being Christmas and, and that and a lot uh, as, a, as a business we've kind of got to juggle Black Friday Christmas rush and a world Cup all at the same time so mm. uh, I might not be able to get a jolly uh, out of it this time okay, fair well. enough look uh, uh, good to
1: talk to you cheers Dougie thanks very much
3: yeah you too
1: alright see you uh, it's uh, classic football shirts if you haven't seen their website go and check it out if you if you, if you you love a football shirt that's the place to go it's, uh, that's their website and you can find what they're up to they'll have some good deals as well if you just want a different quirky sort of football shirt Uh, The French one's interesting. All France really do is mess with the the sort of depth of the blue on the shirt. And if you were a fan of almost that Scotland blue, they did a few years ago. They've done that again, albeit with that little single, very commercial
2: colour. Yeah, uh, uh,
1: with the with the sort of gold cockerel and everything, and it's nice looking kit. Um, But anyway...
2: You're not going to wear
1: it during the World Cup. No, I'm not going to wander around. It's one of those you kind of pick up on classic (laughs) football shirts for about 20 quid. play five a side (laughs) in. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
2: There we are. I'll I'll try and get the intro to you a little bit earlier tomorrow, (laughs) No, it's not your fault. No. I don't know why I am. I told you I'd be all right by 10 to 4. Yes, exactly. He's
1: been perfect since. (laughs) So there we are. Um, (laughs) Thanks very much. Charlie with me tomorrow. We will have a birthday spread. So uh, Andy will be popping up around three thirty. Do hope and join us. If not, podcast will be available around four o'clock. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily
6: Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four p.m. on Talksport.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
4: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it.